Welcome into another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. Have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Thank you guys for joining us today on this lovely little Tuesday morning for you. We had a Monday night football game last night that I I get my hopes up, big country. Anytime I see that weather report and there's a chance of snow, it is not a snow game unless there is snow accumulation on the field. So don't I'm so tired of this, getting my hopes up of like, oh my God, there's gonna be snow on the field. I don't need flakes, I need mounds. And I haven't got that yet this year. The NFL just keeps letting me down. I mean, when was the last time we actually got to see a full-on snow game with, like, actual snow accumulated on the field? Um, I don't know that I have this year. The Michigan-Ohio State game, there was a little bit of snow. But at the same time, it was like – it wasn't what I was looking for. It's not the amount that I needed out of uh, the snow. But it wasn't, it wasn't a good game, but it was entertaining to watch – I think two very good coaches in the NFL have to try to adjust their game plan and and figure out what they are doing uh, with these weather conditions Uh, because the snow wasn't really a factor. The cold was a huge factor, and I would hate to ever have to play in a game like that. But also the wind was a huge factor, and a lot of people were talking about Belichick, and I think if you're a fan of the Patriots or if you're a fan of Bill Belichick, you look at last night and you're like, oh, my gosh, he was able to get a W – by only throwing the football three times, he's a genius. This is amazing. If you're not a Belichick fan, if you're not a Patriots fan, you look at it and you say, yeah, no, duh. It was windy. He didn't do anything special. They still come up with a win. I mean, the, the crazy part to me was watching the, the pregame kickoff, you know, where they're sitting there working on the field goals, and you see him kick it, and it goes like it's right to the upright, and then it just stalls up in the air. Seeing that is just absolutely crazy. That's how powerful the wind was. I mean, even seeing the flags freaking, and it looks like the the flags just kind of like be ripped off, and, and it's not. So it's crazy to see that that was happening in Buffalo. In fact, that they still played a game that there were some incredible plays that still took place. So it's definitely interesting that they were even able to win this game the way that they did. I guess it should say interesting because you know Bill Belichick, like you mentioned, being able to have this game plan and execute and still win against Buffalo, you love to see it. Bill's Bill. And I do think that he deserves a little bit of credit but because they did come into this game. Like you said, the pregame stuff with like the punts and the field goals. I I also thought the wind was going to be more of a factor than it was. I thought it was kind of crazy the way that the Patriots decided to play this game. And then you have the Bills on the other side of the ball who are throwing it 30 times. And they do. They lose. So uh, maybe, you know, crazy Belichick does deserve some credit here. But I... I thought it would be more of a factor. I, I didn't think they would be able to punt. Some of those punts in the first quarter went like 15 yards, and I thought that they would just immediately be like, no, we're not doing this today. This is not going to work. I thought passing the ball was going to be very difficult. Obviously, Josh Allen has one of the strongest arms in all of football, so I think that does make a difference. But I do love the way that the Patriots looked at it, came into this game, and decided, you know what? We don't need to throw the ball. And I, to me, I think that's a little bit impressive, too, because by the third quarter, by the second quarter, 
you knew the Patriots weren't throwing the football. You knew they weren't about to hit you with the play action that everybody waited for all night long. It was just going to be a case of, you know what, we're checking in an extra lineman. Now we have six of them out there, and we are. We're just going to run the ball right down your throats. And they, they don't have, like, amazing running backs. They don't have, like, you know, a guy like Derrick Henry out there. They don't have a Nick Chubb type back. It's been running back by committee for the most part. And Stevenson has been very good, but at the same time, these aren't, these aren't your marquee guys, and they were still able to find a way to win. So I'm not, like, the biggest Patriots supporter. I, it's crazy to see them up there and be good again. But I do think we need to start giving them a little bit of credit. We were talking yesterday how it's time to look at this game and say, you know, if they beat the Bills, I was going to give them a lot of credit. And they did. And even though the, I don't think that the weather really helped them out, they're both playing in the same stadium, so it's whatever. But the Patriots do come away with a win over a team that I thought was very good coming into the season. I thought they were like a, a Super Bowl contender type team. And New England finds a way to beat them on the road, in Buffalo. So I thought it was an impressive win by the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, everything you said right there about the Patriots and the running backs, I feel like that's how they've always been. Where they don't seem to have, like, a marquee guy that gets the workload, but yet they're still successful in the running game. Damon Harris didn't have that explosive run up the middle where, you know, you mentioned one shot past the safety and it's just nothing but green grass. But, like, even Stevenson, the last couple of weeks, he's been decent. I picked him up on my fantasy team. I've been loving the results I've been receiving from him. So thank you, Mr. Stevenson. Outside of that, though, Nick, now we got to look at Buffalo and go, what in the world's going on here? Because yeah. this is a team two months ago we thought, this was it. These guys are solid. I don't know. I, you had them pretty high in your power ranking still yeah, as of last week. I was still kind of rolling with the, hey, the way that they lost. They were tough, kind of unexpected. It happened. Excuse me. But with New England, it was, I want to see them beat Buffalo. They did. I mean, I can't complain about it. I can't hold that against them. They took care of business. Yeah, for Buffalo, they've been trying to find running backs for a while now, uh, whether it's, you know, Matt Breida, who they picked up, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. They, they've they got to get a running game in there this offseason. Like, I don't know what it is. Uh, I thought last year maybe they would take a chance and, and go after a running back, but they didn't. Uh, so I do think that's a situation that in the draft or in free agency, they need a guy that can come in and be – that bell cow back for them. The guy that can carry the ball 20 times if they need be. And I think Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, they're decent running backs. Uh, I picked up Devin Singletary in uh, fantasy as well. I tied last night because he didn't get one more carry. If he would have got to 40 yards, I would have won. Or if he would have had a uh, just one more catch, I, I would have won. But I tied in fantasy, which is, it shouldn't so, be possible. So how does that work then in terms of uh, same as the NFL, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Uh, find out at the end of the season, I guess. Uh, I It shouldn't affect me. I'll probably still make the playoffs, humble brag, uh, but it'll be fine. But I, I still think the Bills, they got to do something more on that offense to help out Josh Allen. Yeah, we talked about it before, you know, guys like an Andrew Luck, who you thought, like, you had this great quarterback. We don't really have to build that much around him. And then he ends up, you know, getting hurt, retiring, and, and all that, and it's not good. It, but I think they need to surround Josh Allen with a little bit more talent, get him a good running back in there. You know, if they would, if imagine if they had Najee Harris on this team, if they would have made a play to grab him instead of you know, whomever they drafted. And again, that's hindsight. But if they had that good running back, that feature back in this offense, they they would look unstoppable. I think. 
Yeah, or, you know, maybe grabbing a couple extra offensive linemen. I think there's a lot of directions they could go to where they didn't in the draft, but they probably should this year. I know they've tried loading up on, like, pass rushers, which has worked. They're good. But I, I do think that having an extra running back in there or maybe some help on the offensive line, that's the direction they have to go this year in the draft. Well, it felt like a couple years ago they had worked on fixing their offensive line and that they had the answer there. And then here at running back, I mean, when Josh Allen's leading the team in rushing, you're like, that's never a good time. But at the same time, it's just kind of the way the game played out, especially with the win. But if you're Buffalo, you, you, know, you do have the size up front on the offensive line where you think you're comfortable with it, and you have Josh Allen playing as well as you do, why not try and have like just a pound the rock type of running back? Like, you don't need a playmaker. Even and you know you're in Buffalo. <laughs> Yes. Where it's going to get cold. If you need another Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. They haven't had that since he left. Yeah, uh, they probably do. But I, I still think they're a good team. They're a team that would scare me in the AFC uh, as a Chiefs fan. They're still a team that gives me a little bit of pause because I do think that they could be good. We'll see what happens. I still feel like they're just not clicking. And maybe last night wasn't the best example of that for Buffalo because of the weather. But I, I do think that that's something to look for going forward. They, they definitely need a couple games in, in a row where they can get things going for the Bills, and it just hasn't happened yet. Anytime they start to look good, uh, I, I don't know. They start to look good, and then they'll lose a game that they're not supposed to. I keep going back to that Jaguars game that they lost 9-6. to six. It's like, how do you lose that game to the Jaguars? Or when they were rolling, and, you know, uh, me and you both – Kind of expected them to take the reins of the AFC. Then they lose that game to the Titans, which Mm -hmm. the Titans are very good. So that's like whatever. But uh, there have been so many different times this year where you look at them and then they lose to the Colts. And not only did they lose to the Colts, but they got their ass kicked by the Colts. Yeah. And Jonathan Taylor, who's good. (laughs) But still, if you're going to be one of the best teams in the AFC, you've got to beat some of these teams every once in a while. And, you know, next week it's not going to get any easier for them as they go to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. After that, they get the Panthers. That should probably be a win. Things don't look great there in Carolina. But then they have to go to New England and pay the Patriots. That's going to be tough. And then they end the year pretty easy schedule. Falcons, Jets. So I do think they can still make the playoffs. But I don't know if they're going to make noise in the playoffs. I don't know if they scare me in the playoffs. I get that totally. And I think... I think I got the mic going here a little bit. You tell me, Mello. I can te- hear you. Little technical difficulties at times. We're figuring it out as we go. So appreciate you guys bearing with us. Um, but again, with that matchup last night, who do you think after seeing it? I know the Patriots win. We've discussed that. Who do you think is the guy or the team to beat in the AFC? Because it doesn't feel like it's Kansas. Like I know we're Chiefs fans, but it definitely doesn't feel like it's Kansas City right now. Cleveland's falling off. Baltimore just can't get away from the injury bug. The Patriots, I mean, it's, it feels like it's really just the Patriots or the Bills right now, and we just saw the Patriots beat the Bills. Is there anyone else that you look at in the AFC and you go, yep, look out for uh, For me, it's the Patriots. And I know a lot of people like just through and through. look at the Patriots and they, they don't think that it's anything sexy. You know, when the Chiefs were dominant for a couple of years, it was like, oh, my gosh, Patrick Mahomes, this offense, these big plays. And then with Buffalo even, you look at Josh Allen, you look at that defense that they had. You could point to areas of like all these teams, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, and you could find something that looked dominant. With the Patriots, you look at their team. That defense is very good. I still don't know that 
I would call it dominant. They're holding teams to low points, and they're beating bad teams right now. But what they're doing with a seven-game win streak, they're just winning games. And in the NFL, that's really that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if it's an inch or a mile. If you win a football game, you win a game. And that's what you have to do in the playoffs. And with Belichick, with Josh McDaniels, even with Mac Jones, I know he only went two of three last night. I still think he probably did a pretty good job of you know calling protections and things like that and putting a lot on him as a rookie quarterback above the shoulders. Yeah, he didn't make a lot of reads or a lot of throws last night, but I, I think he can. And yeah. they are. They're the team that I think right now, if I had to declare somebody the best, like if we were stealing the college football playoff platform, I would put the Patriots as the top team in the AFC. Dang. They're just they're playing well right now, and I think that's something that's going to continue for them. And the Chiefs are playing well-ish. I'm st- I know I'm a Chiefs fan, and maybe I should be more like – upbeat about what they're doing but i'm just not yet uh, so we'll see what happens there but those are really about the only two teams that i feel good about in the afc are the no, chiefs I mean, and the patriots i'm right there with you in terms of the chiefs like it's just uncomfortable to watch them play right now and go and i know we talked about this yesterday as well but to just look at this teaming why is it so boring on offense why is it not working like everyone knows travis kelsey tyree kill yeah. Forget who else is on the field. It doesn't matter because they're not going to hurt you. And it felt like the other night there were moments where, you know, there could have been a deep shot to someone else that would have been nice, and it just wasn't taken advantage of. But when you look at the Patriots and you hear all these stories about Mac Jones and everything going on, it's like, man, and I'm not saying this doesn't happen with Patrick Mahomes. Please don't take it that way. But like when you hear Mac Jones as a rookie and it's like there's a competition of who's in the building first between Bill Belichick or Mac Jones and – who's staying there the longest, it's tough to sit there and look at this team and go, they've done it again. They've found a quarterback that's dedicated. He's going to come in. He's not going to be a distraction. Anything else, come in, do his job, and win football games. I mean, that's the Patriot way. I think it always has been. Let's just be incredibly boring, but let's all do our job. And like with Tom Brady, I don't think that that was his personality. I think that Belichick did a – a good job of keeping him bottled up. Like Brady wants to be out there in the media. He wants to be making clips on Twitter and YouTube and Instagram. But I, I think that he bought in a little bit to the Patriot way of like, okay, we're not going to be too flashy. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. And Mac Jones is fully buying into it. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the Manning telecast last night. Uh, I was just watching the regular one, but I did uh, see it on Twitter that Manning, that Peyton Manning was talking about. Uh, he put in a phone call to Mac Jones, wanted to talk to him and Mac Jones uh, told him he would have to go through the public relations department, mm-hmm. get that PR approval before he could talk to Peyton Manning even. That's something that I, like, wow. I've experienced on the podcast side of things. <laughs> like, no, you'll have to go through this department. I don't know if people did that to Peyton Manning, too. So that made me feel a little bit better about myself, uh, too. But it was crazy. But I, I think that with Mac Jones, he's just he's going to be incredibly boring. Before too long, I don't even think he will be saying much in press conferences. It will just be very Belichick, boring, on to the next game, all that business. But I think that's what they want, and it is. It's kind of scary because they're, they're kind of doing it again. They are atop of the AFC once again. They had one year where they weren't good, and now they're back. I mean, it's crazy to think about Mac Jones, too, going from Nick Saban to Bill Belichick. Yeah, it's not. And this not dude bad. only knows goat coaches, <laughs> like the best of the best. It is also probably incredibly stressful, though, to go from Nick Saban 
to Bill Belichick. Like he had his screw ups in college. After that, though, that stress of like, if I mess up, I might, I might be dead. They might actually kill me. But I feel like Mac Jones is the type of kid to go, yeah, I messed up, got in trouble. We're, we're like, we're past it. Now we're friends. Like I feel like he somehow has that charisma to where like even the tough coach of Nick Saban like has a soft side for Mac Jones. Where it's like it's just freaking Mac, man. He's just a kid out here having fun. He's good. You love to see it. And I wonder you if that's going to wear off to Bill Belichick or Bill Belichick. I mean, it might not, I guess, but with Mac Jones, though, people loved him in college though. Yeah. And by people. I mean, his teammates, I mean, his teammates in new England seem to love him too. Like they yeah. just rave about him. even at Alabama, you know, a lot of people last draft cycle were asking like those receivers, like a Devonte Smith, like, Hey, who would you prefer a quarterback? And Jalen Waddle, even even Jalen Waddle, who is a Miami Dolphin with Tua right now, they ask him, "Who would you prefer at quarterback?" And he said, "Mac Jones." And a lot of people are like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> so I don't know. Like he looks very boring, but maybe he just plays it well in the media, uh, to where he's actually a, a pretty cool dude. I don't know. I've never talked to him, and also I'm in the media, so he probably wouldn't say anything <laughs> exciting anyway. Um, but a couple other little news and notes: uh, Mario Cristobal finally announced officially i know we were talking about it yesterday uh, as it happened but today uh doing a little press conference the university of miami told media members not to ask mario cristobal about the hiring process i've got to see how that plays out yeah and see what really happens i mean that's the like hey don't look down <laughs> well, i'm gonna look down yeah you know, you can't tell me not to ask a question because now that's all i'm thinking about <laughs> and i i think with mario cristobal in miami I think a lot of people wanted to play it off kind of like uh, Lincoln Riley, like, oh, this just happened overnight. It's so convenient. Nah, this has been in the works for weeks now with Mario Cristobal. And I, I get they don't want people to know it's a tough job because you do you have to look ahead while also doing your job. It, but it's it's such a shady process. The whole thing is. But I just thought it was funny that they were like, hey, by the way, don't uh, don't ask him about the hiring process. He's probably like he might just be too honest and be like, oh, yeah, I've been talking. My agent's been in conversations with them since uh, about October. And they're going to be like, God dang it. <laughs> we just fired much, Manny Diaz. Like, please <laughs> stop doing this. How much trouble would he get in? For I mean, is there any trouble or is it just more like, uh He just signed a 10-year contract. So uh, I don't think he's getting in any trouble for that one. <laughs> Golly. Uh, but another great one, uh, as we talk about all the time here on Mic'd Up, you and I are Texas fans, and they did something yesterday that I think is is huge. And they have a, a deal in place with, uh, what are they calling it? The Pancake Factory <laughs> that is going to give each scholarship offensive lineman on the team $50,000 each. I think this is going to be huge for recruiting. And even yesterday, Oregon lost an offensive lineman commit. And there's already buzz. They're like, oh, he might be going to Texas. And I think a lot of this is because of what they're doing here. Every single scholarship lineman, up to 16 players, $50,000 each annually. So this is like, you're repeating this. That's a $200,000 contract over four years. <laughs> here comes August. Yeah, that 50 k about to be coming through next week. I think yep. I might get a... Yeah. I don't hey, even, did your scholarship money come in yet? No, but my name image likeness money did. Golly. <laughs> It's, like yeah, that's a good point because like with the scholarships, you get a stipend with that, like every month or every. Two. So this is on top of yeah, yeah your scholarship money. Uh, it's not a and bad there are time some to be a scholarship athlete. athletes who were doing just fine off their stipend. Yeah, 
I mean, I mean, respectfully, they were like. So that's kind of where a lot of hesitancy with the NIL deals kind of came to. Anyways, it was like, yeah, I know a, a DB who's on scholarship and he's driving the nicest car on campus. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But now with this, I mean, could you imagine being a teacher and you have a student and they're like, where are you going to play? He's like, oh, going to the University of Texas, full ride scholarship? Absolutely. Then you automatically know that student who's going to be a freshman in college at Texas mm-hmm. is going to be making more money than you. Immediately. Immediately. Yeah, that's that big that's time football. But also tough. look at all the uh, the coaching contracts that are going around. You see, I haven't seen one that's for under eight million. So there's there's money to be had. So they, these kids getting fifty thousand dollars each. It's like, yeah, that's nice. That is not even a drop in the but bucket. Here's my question with that. all of this: is like, if this money's being offered now, it means it's been there for a while now. Exactly. They just haven't spent it. Mm-hmm. Who's been receiving it? Well, and it's going to come through. It, it's not coming through the university, so it's yeah, it's coming through these other sponsors. It just shows that there's been opportunity, but the NCA sat on it and weren't they were not letting kids make money off their name, image, or likeness, and that people are willing to spend these boosters. They're willing to say, "Hey, we'll give everybody fifty thousand. Oh yeah, let's just get some big time recruits in here. Like we know we have to win at the line of scrimmage. What do we have to do? What what kind of program? What 50, kind of charity 000. do we have to set up to get these big guys back in here?" at the University of Texas. I, they won't be the last university to, to do this. It's going to stick around. And I've already seen a lot of other players being like, hey, that's great. Um, I'm switching positions, though. I'm not <laughs> playing corner anymore. I'm yeah. an offensive tackle now. Give me my 50K, uh, which is a little bit of a joke. But I also saw um, Kenny Vaccaro, who is an alum at Texas, played for a lot of years in the NFL, too. They're already setting up something for the defensive backs. Oh, I'm sure. As well. Which is great because I, I knew as soon as this name, image, likeness stuff came through with the University of Texas, there's not many programs that have money like they do. And they can find money like they can. So it is exciting, but I think it's also exciting. I'm very pro player in mm-hmm. all of this. I, I think they all deserve to make money. If somebody's willing to give you $50,000, I don't care what it's for. They should be able to do it. Yeah. Uh, no, okay. Maybe not like murder. Uh, don't hire it out. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, if There's you're just like, hey, there. you're really good at math. Here's fifty thousand dollars. Cool. Give it to him. Or you know, you're a really good English major or an art major. I loved that painting. Here's fifty thousand dollars. They should be able to do that. And for years they could. Now they can do it with football as well. So it's it's a phenomenal process, and I love that the University of Texas is kind of in the forefront of so it. So can you throw this money amount or these like dollars, like amounts that you can give students? Can you do that in the recruiting process? Like, Hey, I know your top like four schools are, you know, Texas, Alabama, Clemson, yeah. and now Miami or something. It's like, we're going to give you $50,000 immediately signing up. That's going to be part of your scholarship bonus. Can they do that? Or is that more of a, you have to pick the school, do the programs, you know, and the facilities that are, there. I don't know that the coach can come out and just be like, Hey, by the way, we also have $50,000 waiting for you. Yeah. But I, I think that they can mention it, especially to an offensive lineman, be like, oh, you know, we have this program here as well that is going to give you $50,000 a year. So there it is. I, I don't know that you're like negotiating contracts in the recruiting process, but you could probably mention something like that. But again, it's not coming through the university. The university. It's yeah. not coming from the athletic department. That's true. It's going to come through boosters and other guys like that, which again, I love it. I love it. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> And when other programs do this, I, I'm going to love it there, too. It's not just about Texas. Yeah. It, it's about the fact that I think these kids should be making money if it's there. And there shouldn't be some governing body that says, yeah, actually, you know what? No, you can't have that money. 
that was just stupid for very, very many years for forever. And now we're finally fixing it, which yeah. is fantastic. It definitely was. And like thinking of that, like I think of a school like Mizzou, because when you drive through Columbia, it's hard not to see the different like high end dealerships they have, like on the outskirts of the highway. It's like, yeah, take this exit and you'll get yourself in like a new Mercedes or, you know, these high roller type of cars. And it's like, if you're a player going to Mizzou, it's like, yeah, I'm getting one of those. And that's what people might hear this. Like, okay, every university is going to have this, but I feel like at Mizzou, they're just huge. And that's going to be like where the primary aspect of that comes from. And then you start thinking about all these different schools and what businesses thrive there. It's going to be nuts to see, yeah, I partnered with you. Like, I think it's CJ Stroud who's partnered with like Outback or something, the the or Texas Roadhouse. One is one of the steakhouses, yeah. and it's like he's getting exclusive deals because I came across his Instagram the other day because I wanted to see it, and it was just all like nil ads. And I was like, all right, dude, props yeah. to you. Kind of kind of craving Outback now, so it works. So, some I saw a Dr Pepper one the other day. Yeah, it oh, it's all the Dr Pepper tuition giveaway stuff. Yeah, I saw DJ. like Jahan Dotson at Penn State mm-hmm. had one. It was like, congratulations to this winner. I was like, oh, that's neat. Kept scrolling. Saw another player that was like, congratulations to this winner. But you know, they pocketed some money. I don't know how much it is, but a little bit just to send a tweet. Yeah. It is very clearly not them. Somebody <laughs> sent them this. and was like, hey, copy, paste, copy, paste hit tweet. Uh, so I think it is great. Another great place is Miners and Monroe. Definitely go check them out. Christmas is it's here. I, it's not even sneaking up on me anymore. Like it's here. You have to start buying presents and, and getting them ordered. A great place to do that is miners and Monroe.com. If you use code mic'd up 10, you'll save yourself 10% off at miners and Monroe fellas. You have to go in there and check them out again. Miners and Monroe.com. Yeah. Next up is going to be gunspot.com. Be sure to visit them for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions, great deals every single week. No hidden fees. We talked to Mike Winkle yesterday about all this, and he just kept explaining how much better of a website this is. And again, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Be sure in your position to protect you and your family. Uh, next up, though, I mean, you want to talk about guys that are making a difference here. No hidden fees, no, no hidden talent in their game. It's going to be these Heisman finalists. Well, what was your initial thought seeing these guys? Was there anyone that was on the list? or anyone that was snubbed from the list or anyone on the list that you didn't think deserved Yeah, I thought there was a very obvious one. When you look at the four Heisman finalists that were announced last night, you have Bryce Young from Alabama, Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive player from Michigan, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, and Kenny Pickett from Pitt. There there was a very obvious snub to me, and that's Will Anderson from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know what Bryce Young has done has been great, and I think he's very deserving of the Heisman. But when you look at Will Anderson, even just looking at his stats and how well he has played this year, it doesn't really make sense to leave him off. I think he was the biggest Heisman snub of all of them. Uh, I even saw a lot of people, you know, other people tweeting about it last night. Like, you just can't leave this guy off the list. Mm-hmm. I mean, you said yesterday or last week that he's the best defense player in the country. Yeah, and I really like Aiden Hutchinson and what he's been able to do this year. I thought he had himself a little bit of a Heisman moment against Ohio State, I think he deserves to be there. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to take shots at him. His numbers don't compare to what Will Anderson's doing, though. Yeah. It's crazy to say, you know, look at Aiden Hutchinson and what he's been able to do. And Will Anderson still has so many. Like He has more sacks. He has more tackles. He has more tackles for loss. It's stupid what he was able to do this year, only as a sophomore at Alabama. And I don't. Like, I almost think that being at Alabama almost hurt him because so much of that attention did go to Bryce Young or to their offense, to where they weren't looking at him. 
Aiden Hutchinson at Michigan, who again deserves to be there. Um, he was kind of their standout player. They didn't have any superstars on offense. They didn't have a core of receivers that are outstanding or a quarterback that was taking away attention from him. So I thought both those guys deserve to be there. Obviously, Bryce Young as well has tore it up. And I, I caught a little heat on Twitter for this one because the guy that I don't think belongs there is Kenny Pickett. And a lot of people came at me and said, like, oh, C.J. Stroud shouldn't be there. Uh, he's not even the best player on his offense. Well, I don't think Bryce Young is the best player on his team. So, <laughs> yeah. And he's going to win the Heisman. Will Anderson is the best player on that team. He yeah. might be the number one pick next year when both those guys are draft eligible. But uh, I don't think it matters. And when you compare C.J. Stroud and Kenny Pickett, I think one thing that's being lost in it is people are looking at their numbers. Kenny Pickett has better numbers. And there's a very obvious reason for that. He played two more games. C.J. Stroud missed a game this year and was out. And C.J. Stroud didn't get to play in a conference championship. Kenny Pickett did. So he had two more games. So their numbers are super comparable, especially if C.J. Stroud were able to play two more games. I don't even think we would even be debating that. I mean, these guys both get in. But for me, the obvious one was to leave Kenny Pickett out. I, I, he's had a good season. I think a lot of people got caught up in that hype because they want him to be that Joe Burrow oh, guy exactly. this year. Guess, he's not, though. These quarterbacks in this draft class are not good. And I don't think Kenny Pickett is either. It, this is just my opinion, but that's what people are here for. I, I don't think that he's good. I think we're trying to make him good. He's yeah. had some big plays. He's had some good throws. He's like 30 years old, though. This is his sixth year playing college football. <laughs> I, I, I've seen him play. I know who Kenny Pickett is, mm-hmm. and this was an outlier year for him. So I'm not even uh, you know, super impressed by that like a lot of other people are. So he's the guy to me that I don't think he deserved to be in there mm-hmm. this year. Uh, I mean, I'm not to sound like I hate this kid. I don't. Like I, you root for everybody, yeah. but I just I don't think that he, his name should be up there with those other guys. Yeah, and I'm right there with you because of what you said right there. You know, Everyone wants us to be the Joe Burrow guy because the last like three or four seasons of college football – there's been that one quarterback that kind of comes out of nowhere and takes over in you know college football is the dude ends up winning the Heisman and then has been a number one pick. So it's kind of one of these deals now where it's like, well, let's just try and find the next one. We want to keep this trend going instead of just letting it naturally happen. And I mean, Chase Young could have won you know the Heisman a couple of years ago if he doesn't have that issue. What was it, receiving money or something like that? And he had up missing a game or two, so that pretty much ruined his opportunity there. And then they started triple teaming him. And it was like, you're uh-huh. not getting and any more Aiden, sacks. Exactly. And then with Aiden Hutchinson, is, this dude's just been tearing it up all year. But when you do look at him and Will Anderson's stats, Will Anderson is leading in every category except for forced fumbles. I mean, he's got more sacks. Oh, yeah, now it's going to be super close. Too. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of one of these deals where you sit here and look at it and go, why is Will Anderson not on there? But if we want to give all this attention to Bryce Young, that's cool. But then you're going to put Aiden Hutchinson in there and have him be the only defensive player. Seems yeah. kind of odd, especially if you're going to put in Kenny Pickett, like you said, who just is trying to be forced into what he's not. Dude wears two gloves. He's been in college a long time. The coolest thing I've seen him do is fake a slide and then go run a touchdown without blowing out his knee. Yeah, and even then, I, a lot of people are looking at that, and they, they don't like that. And depending on where you go for your stats, it's crazy. In the NFL, it's like it's immediate. You can go find defensive stats. Mm-hmm. College football, it's a little bit more difficult. I always use sportsreference.com to look at them. And I know it fluctuates a little bit, actually, if you use like ESPN or, mm-hmm. or whatever. 
But I mean, for Will Anderson, comparing it, like you said, the dude has 27 and a half tackles for loss. Like he's not just a pass rusher. Yeah, he's doing it in the run game as well. He has 14 sacks. He's been amazing all year long. Uh, he's got a, a string of games in a row where he, he's had a sack. It, it's amazing. It's not like, again, this isn't like a shot at Aiden Hutchinson. He's not getting like four sacks in one game and then disappearing for forever. Mm-hmm. He's getting a sack in every single game. Uh, it's it's really, it's kind of crazy. It, only three games this year he's failed to record a sack. That's it. Three games. Every other That's game this insane. year he's had a sack this season. Uh, did it again against Georgia. Had one game against Mississippi State where he had four. It's it, it really it's crazy to watch him play. One of my favorite players, and you know Bryce Young probably going to be the Heisman favorite. And if I were voting uh, on the Heisman, he would get it for me. Yeah, I, I think that he has played exceptionally well. Number two for me probably would be Will Anderson because I do really like him. And then Aiden Hutchinson. I think those three guys really deserve it. And they all had very good seasons. And again, I hate the fact that we don't even consider these defensive players. Like we need to just scrap the whole Heisman voting thing and start over. Some of these people don't deserve votes. Yeah, and it's kind of cool that they you know let these old Heisman guys vote if you've won the award before. How many of them are watching games though? Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, it's more of a they're going to go to someone that they know is paying attention more than they are and say like, "Hey, what do you think?" And if that yeah. person has any bias, like, well, that's probably going to affect all of it. You know, Baker Mayfield kind of has his hands full right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's Heisman voter. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, and not that I blame him for it, but, like, who are they going to vote for? Oklahoma kid. Yeah. You know, or the Alabama winners from before. Mark Ingram, pretty busy on Sundays, probably Saturdays, too. How many games is he watching? Or is he just saying, yeah, I give it to Bryce Young? Oh, 100%. You know, and I again, I don't fault him for it, but that's the process. So I, I do think that the Heisman voting is something that should be changed like drastically. And the, when it happens, too, is kind of stupid. And we're, we're not done. We are not near done with this season. <laughs> yeah. You should be voting on the Heisman Award when the season's over. Because if you're Alabama, you still have two games left. It, it would because it is going to stink. You have two games left. Exactly. You know? It is going to stink to see, like, this go to Bryce Young and he, like, Maybe craps to bed this next matchup, but we're all looking at Will Anderson and going, man, this guy's had two sacks this game, you know, in a strip sack and has kept Alabama in the football game. And you were looking at Bryce Young, he's like, man, he's struggling to kind of deal with the pass rush today. Right. Like, well, he just won the Heisman. So I don't think it will happen, but you're right. What if, uh, you know, Alabama comes out and they really struggle offensively against Cincinnati, but Will Anderson has four sacks? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, shoot, he had his Heisman moment. It was just like, yeah. And so I do, I hate when they vote on it. And I know it's like a tradition award, but I we changed college football a couple of years. It's ago. like we want baseball to be faster with it, and college football just to take a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, this would be like you know voting on the MVP before the season's over. How ridiculous does that sound? Then you can't even be like, well, the regular season's over because all these stats that these guys are about to accumulate they count. Yeah, they count for records. Yep. So I mean, if you're telling me these games count that way, I think you have to count the Heisman Trophy. There as well. And so it is, it's kind of ridiculous the way they do it. But it's, it's the NCAA, and that's, this is the way we've always done it, so this is the way we're going to continue to do it. <laughs> Ooh, because that makes sense. Yeah, it, make, it makes no sense. So out of, these, out of these four finalists, then you would be going with Bryce Young? I would, yeah. Out of the four finalists, I'd go Bryce Young, one, Aiden Hutchinson, two, C.J. Stroud, three, and then Kenny Pickett, four. Yep. You think C.J. Stroud can 
you think he's going to be back up here again next year, or is it going to be tough losing the receivers that he's going to lose yeah. to the draft? And Olave and Wilson and Smith. I mean, we're going to get into some of these other quarterbacks too today, but Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are not draft eligible. They cannot leave. Um, I, I guess maybe they could try to challenge the rule that doesn't really work out for people. But they're both going to be back next year. Aiden Hutchinson going to be gone. Kenny Pickett, like you said, he's already been in school for forever. He's going to be gone. And so Will Anderson will be back next year. He's not draft eligible either. So Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, all going to be, I I think, Heisman contenders going into the season. Heisman favorites. Mm -hmm. And then I do think we're going to see Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud battle it out all year. And, you know, you mentioned C.J. Stroud. Like, he's going to lose a lot, uh, especially – at least one receiver. Yeah. Well, Chris let's not Olave forget is going to leave for next year. Let's not forget Cam Ewers with Texas. Like, there's a possibility he has an astounding <laughs> season. Yeah. Manifest. I mean, I I'm just manifesting joke, all but, of it right now. Um, you know, last year at this time, I don't think anybody was like, "Oh, CJ Stroud next year." Mm-hmm. You know, they were probably still holding out hope that either Justin Fields could win it or that he would come back. <laughs> so we'll see. And even Bryce Young. Like last year, this time we were talking about Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and Devontae yep. Smith. And everybody knew Bryce Young was going to be special, but now here he is. I don't even know if it's even like up for debate. How much, how much time do we even need to spend on talking about who's going to win? I think it's very clearly Bryce Young's award. And it's crazy to think about Bryce Young, but like, and I don't want this to come off rude, but I'm just kind of like, I'm not, man, I really don't know how to wear this. Cause I don't want to come off rudely, but I'm kind of underwhelmed with Bryce Young because like he's lived up to the expectations. Like he's been exactly what everyone said. He was going to be, he's yeah. doing what everyone said he was going to do. And so it's like, a, okay, yep, that was it. It's not like, a, oh, we're not really sure how this kid's going to play. And it's like, bam, Alabama's tearing it up. Like, yep, People wanted him to start right. last year over mm-hmm. Mac Jones, who's probably going to win the rookie of the year. Yeah. <laughs> so, Props is, to Nick Saban, man. Like, just continuing to do this with, you know, everyone like you, I believe you said it yesterday or earlier in the show, where it was like, you look at Alabama, it's like they're just a running type of team. There's a pound the rock, good defense. Now it's like we have quarterbacks that can deliver the ball, and you got to deal yeah. with the passing game. Now. Yeah, it's like a couple of years ago he decided, you know what? It would be fun to have a good quarterback in here. <laughs> Let's go ahead and go find one. Let's go put some points on it. It makes it easier for our defense. Yeah. And, you know, Bryce Young's a California kid, too, and committed all the way to Alabama, which obviously has been very smart for him. Mm-hmm. And stayed, too, even, yeah. even though, you know, they lost Steve Sarkeesian as offensive coordinator. I'm sure that was a big role in his recruitment there but he still stayed with um, bill o'brien who's there now i i wonder how nervous he was about oh god you're bringing this guy i wonder how bill o'brien is with all that because watching him in the nfl like, pretty much of a heart pretty big hard ass there bill o'brien yeah how's he doing with like now you're dealing with 18 19 <laughs> yeah. like before you were screaming at a guy who was probably 26 and pretty established now you have to deal with Oh like my before, God! You're, 19 you're ripping Case Keenum's ass. <laughs> now you got Bryce Young here. How are you handling that situation? Right. It, a little bit more, um, I guess, draft news is that Kayvon Thibodeau, the Oregon defensive end, who looks like he might be the first overall pick. Uh, I think Aiden Hutchinson giving him a little bit of a challenge here, but he did officially declare last night for the NFL draft. That was just like another one of those things that, like, no doubt he was going to. I think we knew when he was recruited to Oregon that he was going to spend three years there and then leave, but did officially declare for the draft uh, with his coach leaving. Uh, I know I talked about it earlier, Oregon losing some recruits. Yeah. Already Oklahoma losing some recruits. It's, it's weird. And this early signing period too is, is crazy. Cause I think so many kids, 
you're you're making decisions within the next week on where you're going. It's such a huge decision. And now you're just now getting to know these coaches. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like these kids too, like they're gonna get there in the spring. They're gonna try and graduate mm-hmm. high school early, get there for spring ball, you know, spring workouts and everything, and it's gonna go right on with the rest of your life of okay, this is where I'm at. This is where I decided to go. Some of them it's gonna be the best decision they ever made, and others it's gonna go, Well, maybe I should have not chosen this school. Yeah. The great thing now is that kids can transfer. Yeah. And you're not Freely. stuck there. Mm-hmm for forever and the transfer portal is is getting pretty crazy and let's talk about some of those guys who are entering into the transfer portal but first uh let's talk about some of our great sponsors club 609 home of the best happy hour in the world one of my favorite places to be including like my home uh would be in there (laughs) but 609 challenges that sometimes and they're great happy hour from two o'clock until eight o'clock with two for one drink specials and two dollar draft pours right here in the heart of joplin missouri Again, that's Club 609. Speaking of the heart of Joplin, Missouri, downtown Lube Lake, locate, located uh, right here on Main Street in First. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that market, and the guys pride themselves on getting you in and out as quickly as possible. Visit them at downtownlube.com for the full list of services. Again, that is downtownlube.com. And we find ourselves being, uh, I would label us football guys. It's my favorite sport to watch, to keep track of. I love college football, love the NFL draft. And the NFL draft is right around the corner as well. And, uh, you know, a lot of these quarterbacks are starting to make their announcements on what they're going to do. I know you know this about me, big country, but I love Phil Jerkovich. Oh, yeah. The Boston College quarterback. And he made it official the other day by deciding to return to Boston College. He's going to take another year. And I love this decision from him and i i will never fault a kid for going back to college Uh, it's your decision if that's what you want to do you go live your life you go be the big man on campus i totally understand that but i did think it was interesting and i do think this is probably the right move for him because he did have a wrist injury this year so coming back for another year and for one just proving that you're healthy well because speaking of phil jacovich like you mentioned you do love this kid but you had him kind of being the guy that maybe would come up you know, maybe that dark that dark horse quarterback that comes up would be a Heisman finalist, and then maybe be you know a top pick in the draft. And dealing with an injury, it's kind of knocked him down. So this is really his opportunity to, like you said, go back to school, come back next year, be the big guy, but also improve his draft stock to where he's going to make. Yeah, I, I think that you know going next year, proving that he's healthy at Boston College, having another good year because even after he came back from his injury, he hasn't played exceptionally well. So I, I do think this uh, is a right move for him. And, you know, another guy that I really liked is Carson Strong, who's still waiting to hear from him on what he's going to do. But things, I think that decision got a little bit easier yesterday as his head coach has decided to leave Nevada. He's going to take a new job. You're losing your head coach. You're losing a tight end. You're losing your receiver. And I don't know about his academic status. I know he's a redshirt junior. I think that it's time for Carson Strong to go. Yeah. I just talked about how I'll never fault a kid for wanting to go back to school. It's time, <laughs> I, I think, for Carson Strong. You look at this quarterback class and some of the guys we're going to talk about today, it's not good. It's not great. And, you know, a lot of these guys have that opportunity. A Kenny Pickett type who is a senior, he's, he's got to come out. Uh, he should be a guy who's going to the Senior Bowl. We've already seen Malik Willis, a senior, commit to the Senior yep. Bowl. We've seen Desmond Ritter commit to the Senior Bowl. I want to see Carson Strong be that next guy. Uh, hopefully he's able to. 
but to commit to the Senior Bowl, I still like him a lot. I still think QB1 in this draft class is wide open. Yeah. And none of these guys have even solidified themselves, not not even as QB1, but as a first-round quarterback. A lot of people love Malik Willis. We'll see what happens. I haven't come to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was not a first-round quarterback. (laughs) So we'll see what happens with those guys. I think we're going to get a fantastic look at them when it does come time for the Senior Bowl. But one of the other guys that I do think he has a decision to make in Carson Strong, I do think it's time for him to declare. And, you know, a couple of those teammates of his are going to be at the Senior Bowl too. And selfishly of me, I want to go see these guys throw the football live. Oh, yeah. The first year I ever went to the Senior Bowl, was the worst quarterback year for the Senior Bowl probably ever. Who was it? No one that you would even know. <laughs> I like. I can't even remember that there was no first round quarterbacks. I think it might have been Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota's year when they got drafted uh, one too. Yeah, they weren't seniors though. Yep. And the other seniors, gosh, I'm trying to remember his name, but I can't because he's he never even really played in the NFL. But it was like we were watching practice, and it was like that's the best quarterback at the Senior Bowl. I think he was like a fourth-round draft pick. <laughs> and only because the other quarterbacks were terrible. I feel like I've only seen good quarterbacks. Yeah. Do you, you know what? When you see Jim Nagy this year, you thank him and you tell him Because <laughs> yeah. I do remember when there were not good quarterbacks <laughs> there. Uh, but now we are. We're seeing a couple more guys stay yep. later. And I do think they've done a better job of finding these guys. Even, you know, like a Dak Prescott type. He's a star in the NFL. Yeah. He was at the Senior Bowl. So I do think they're doing a better job of finding those guys who are actually good and not just like, oh, you played college football for a really long time. Come be a part of this process. <laughs> but it is exciting. And you know, like I mentioned, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, already committed. Kenny Pickett, like I don't know what the holdup is there, but, bud, you got you got to go. Yeah, I mean, you have to make that happen, especially. It, do you think he's going to rock two gloves there? I mean, is that just Oh yeah, he's always going to do that? Oh, yeah, I think so. Some guys like it. Tom Brady. Teddy Bridgewater. Some guys like throwing with the gloves. I guess so. It's just weird. When I, I used to play, the gloves weren't good enough, mm-hmm. so I couldn't feel the ball. So I never threw it with gloves on, and I have smaller yeah. hands, but I ne- never did that. I think times are probably a little different now, though. But I, I do think guys with small hands maybe kind of prefer the gloves, or in cold weather. Um, oh, cold weather, I totally understand. Well, like, if it's August... I mean, your hands are going to stink just like receivers. That, you think that's what they're worried about? <laughs> Probably not, but like at the same time, it's like, man, you're just throwing the football. If, I mean, if you're comfortable and it works out for you, that's great. But like you said, Kenny Pickett does need to find his way down to the Senior Bowl. Um, how about some of these guys that are transferring? Because some of these names on here have kind of surprised me. One in particular, Bo Nix. I mean, I feel like this was a dude that everyone at Auburn was super excited about. He comes in, what was his first game as an Auburn Tiger, wins against Oregon, Gets a big game there, and I was like, okay, Auburn's got the next guy. This is going to be incredible. Injured his ankle a couple weeks ago, had to have season ending surgery. But like, then there's other guys on the list that, you know, we've already heard of Aiden Martinez, um, or Adrian Martinez, excuse me, out of Nebraska. Spencer Rattler, we're very well aware that he's lost that job to Caleb Williams. But Bo Nix is the one for me that was kind of like, uh, what's going on here? Yeah, we'll see what happens with Bo Nix, too. Now, he is, he's like Auburn royalty almost. Yeah. Uh, but it's also a situation it's like you either die the hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah. That's Bo Nick's story right now <laughs> is that he might've stayed and played at Auburn too long. That people are like, wait a second. He's actually not good at football. Yep. Like his dad played here. It's a great story. 
He's not a good quarterback, though. <laughs> and now he uh, does. He has his name in the transfer portal. And I, I can't really see him leaving. And I think that's something that people forget about the transfer portal, too, is you can enter and then decide to come back. All you do when you enter the transfer portal is you open up the opportunity for other coaches and teams to recruit you again. Yeah. So uh, he did enter the portal. We'll see what happens. I, I imagine he goes back. I can't imagine leaving Auburn. I don't know him. where else he's going to go, honestly. Because like you said, he hasn't done anything special at Auburn. So is what other schools are going to look at and be like, yep, we want that here. Yeah, I mean, and to go from the program at Auburn – and then have to play at like a lesser university. Like I, don't, I don't think he's getting other SEC looks. Yeah. So, What's up, SMU? I mean, that just <laughs> right. Somebody's got to take that yeah. job. That's <laughs> what they do at SMU is they take on these players. Uh, Spencer Rattler, a name you mentioned. I know there was a lot of talk about him maybe going to an SMU type program. It sounds like he's probably going to end up at UCLA. He's a West Coast kid. I think he's from Arizona, and UCLA losing their starting quarterback this year. It sounds like that might be a possibility where he's going to go. All the rumors and all the buzz say UCLA. We'll see what happens, but I also think that he wants out of that Big 12 SEC mm-hmm. type. He, he's going west. Little, so if he goes little to more UCLA, loosey-goosey, a little more relaxed out there. Yeah, but I mean, UCLA, like that's going to be a big matchup against USC. Oh, yeah, for sure. But and, you know, with, even so with UCLA, like, uh, another thing that's being mentioned now that we haven't talked about yet is that job opening <laughs> and what's going to happen there? Because a lot of people think Chip Kelly will take the job at Oregon if it's offered to him. He's going to go back? Yeah. Go back oh, home shit. again. Yeah. I kind of like that. It might work out. I, I mean, he had UCLA looking pretty good this year. Yeah. And that hasn't been like a top program for recruiting. I mean, they've been losing out to Oregon and USC for forever now. Yep, and so I maybe going back to Oregon could help. I I wonder how that would affect a guy like Spencer Rattler. Maybe does he go up to Oregon? Does he follow Chip Kelly? I don't know how that's being recruited there. Uh, Adrian Martinez, the Nebraska quarterback, he's entered the transfer portal. Uh, we talked to our guy Rob Forrest, who's a huge Nebraska fan. That's something he saw coming for a while now. I don't know where he goes, yeah, or what kind of programs are interested in bringing him in. And then another one that's in the transfer portal. And so many people were talking about this dude, Jake Hayner at Fresno state. Yeah. So many people were like, this is the, this is the Joe Burrow guy this year. Yeah. I mean, everyone was talking about Fresno state pretty early on in the season. Like, Hey, this might be a team that, you know, surprises a lot. And then they started playing bad and their <laughs> quarterback was not as impressive. And I know that Trent Dilfer has a great thing going on now with his quarterback camp and what he does. It's hard to take him to believe in what he says. He's oh, yeah. at fault of hyping up his guys. And if you go to his camp, he's going to talk about how great you are. So um, Hayner was a Washington commit. His head coach just got hired away from Fresno to Washington. Kind of sounds like that might be another going back home again story yep. where he goes back to Washington. And I don't hate it. I mean, I know that the NCAA used to say you commit to the school, not the coach. Yeah, that's not true, though. Not so, anymore. I mean, if he, yeah. he wants to follow his coach back to Washington, go for it. Be happy. You're young. Uh, nobody should be coming after you for these decisions that you're making. I hate when I see that on Twitter. People attacking that, like, oh, you're dead to me, kid. Yeah, he's 18 years old. Shut <laughs> up. Like, let him live his life and go to school where he wants to. A couple other names that I think have an interesting decision decision on their hands is Matt Corral at Ole Miss. I, I think that he's made that decision. It just hasn't been announced yet. He went through the senior day 
process at Ole Miss. Yep. It sounds like he might be a top candidate uh, to be that quarterback one in this draft class. I think he's gone, and I don't think that he's set to graduate, so I don't think that he's a name we would see at the Senior Bowl. I'd be very surprised if we did. But another name that I think needs to go the Senior Bowl route, kind of like we talked about with Carson Strong, is Sam Howell. Yeah. Uh, he is on pace to graduate, and he was. I, I broke out NCAA 14 again and looked at some of those rosters. This was a guy who was like the dude coming into the season. Everybody thought he'd be a Heisman candidate. Everybody yep. thought he could be QB1, and it's kind of fallen off for him. But we've talked about him before. He's a guy who is on pace to graduate. And I believe, if I'm reading the tea leaves correctly, it sounds like he has an invitation to the Senior Bowl. I think he needs to take it. Oh, I mean, most definitely, especially when you started out so high in everyone's minds at the beginning of the season and it didn't really live up to that hype as it started or throughout. I mean, I know we've talked about it a couple times, you know, on air and off, but this is a guy who's had some surprising numbers, several games where he's rushed for over 100 yards, right. and they've won some games, but it's in time, at the same time, excuse me, it's like, what is necessarily going on here? Is it his fault? Did he just have a lot of talent last year on that North Carolina offense with the running backs and the receivers that are now gone, and there's just so much more on him with the younger guys or just wasn't the – the connection there that needed to be, so it kind of hurt him a little bit. I mean, that's something we saw with Jordan Love at Utah State uh, a couple years ago. But this could be a great opportunity for him to go to the Senior Bowl and just tear it up. A lot of people see you throw the ball again against other top-tier talent that's ready to go to the NFL. And if you can look good there, I mean, you will jump back up draft boards. Yeah, I mean, the Senior Bowl can do that for you, for sure. A couple other names uh, before we end it today that have already decided they're going back as well that had some hype coming into the season. Jaden Daniels at Arizona State decided he's going back. And another name that I've uh, quietly liked for a while, which is crazy to see, is Hendon Hooker. The, yeah, that's his last name. At Tennessee. Really? He is a Mel Kuyper favorite. Mel Kuyper has him as the top five quarterback this year, and he has already decided he's going back to Tennessee for another season. Uh, so he's a name to watch going into next year. Now, he's not going to be draft eligible. He's going back to Tennessee. But he is a name to watch. He's so athletic. And I think he was a very raw prospect going into Tennessee. But he looked much better this year. I think with another year, Hendon Hooker is going to be a name that surprises a lot of people because you're going to see it. I think you're going to see it on Heisman boards. I think you're going to see it through the draft process. So Especially that's a, coming out of Tennessee. Yeah, that's a name to watch. He was at Virginia Tech. And it played very well there for a while. Uh, struggled to throw the ball, was very good running the ball, goes to Tennessee, improved throwing the ball. It's still a work in progress there. Uh, but a couple other guys that have a tough decision on their hand and used to be teammates are Keaton Slovis and JT Daniels. Both of those guys were set to like start and maybe make noise in the draft. Now they're not even starting for their own team. No. So I don't think they need to declare for the NFL draft. Those are two candidates that I think – it's time to transfer. For Keaton Slovis, I mean, it would be his first transfer. For JT yeah. Daniels, I, I guess you hope that you can win that job next year, but I think Georgia's going to be a team that's looking for transfer guys. Stetson Bennett is a senior, so I, I think that he has exhausted his eligibility. I don't. It's yeah. tough to tell with the COVID year, but I think that he has. So with JT Daniels, I don't know. Maybe he just hasn't been healthy, and he hasn't been playing. He didn't play at all in the SEC championship game. And I mean, it, with him, like that's kind of a situation of like maybe you just kind of ruined your. And I don't want to say that because he is young, you know what I mean. But it is one of these deals where it's like you went to USC, could get it done there, 
You go to Georgia, couldn't get it done there. Or, I mean, what's next? Like, what's another? Like, he's not going to be able to go to a top tier program. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, that has JJ Daniels written all over it. And Keen Slovis, I mean, you got Jackson Dart behind you. Uh, Lincoln Riley's already brought in a a five, four star quarterback recruit right there out of California. Mm -hmm. So, you've pretty much lost your job there. You maybe get one more opportunity elsewhere, but where is that? Let's say Bo Nix does transfer away from Auburn. Could can you know could Slovis find his way there into the SEC, or would he go to like a Big Twelve school? Georgia, maybe Georgia's look at like, that. Yo, we took the wrong uh, USC quarterback. I don't know. I think that he does need to look at a transfer, and there there's still so much open out there because uh, other kids are going to join and they're going to transfer too. They just haven't yet. It kind of sounds like I guess we should probably mention Caleb Williams too. Kind of sounds like he's going to stay at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. and even just like go scroll through his Twitter and look at all the retweets and, and stuff that he's doing. He's not going to follow to USC. I know a lot of people were talking about that. I just don't see that happening. I do think that he stays at Oklahoma uh, where he's he's QB1. He loves it there, too. I, yeah. I don't understand it, but uh, I mean, him and him. his father both, I, I think that's another. It's almost like a Kyler Murray situation to where his father is very involved in his recruiting and those decisions that he's making. So I expect them, uh, them as in the Williams, to stay at Oklahoma. And then Emory Jones, the last guy, new coach coming into Florida. You're the senior guy. I think that he is a I'm going to spend my last year somewhere else candidate too. It, just, it didn't look great there to end the year with him and Dan Mullen. You have Anthony Richardson, who seems like he's happy at Florida. And so I, I think that that's another guy who probably time to uh, find a new spot. And there's yep. going to be so many players this year. In the transfer portal, too. Trying to keep it all straight uh, has been ridiculous. I mean, that's just the quarterbacks that we've talked about. We need, like, an official transfer portal update, like, Twitter page. Yeah. Like, hey, there's this- actually one that I follow that is uh, a transfer portal page. But uh, they do everyone. So, like, the last tweet I saw was, like, some kid that's transferring from Western Kentucky. Wow. So, yeah, yeah that's it's, tough. that's a little overbearing. Maybe Power 5 transfer you can, portal. <laughs> like, uh, Rivals does a, a wonderful job, 24-7 sports. They, mm-hmm. You can go find their transfer portal prospects ranked, which is pretty hmm. good. Quinn Ewers sitting there at the top. Yes, uh, sir. I can tell you that. Hook him. I'm still super worried he's going to go to Texas A&M. Uh, but that's it for us today. We will be back tomorrow breaking down whatever happens in the world of sports i'm sure something will help oregon will probably hire a coach just out of nowhere that's uh, how it goes here at mic'd up don't forget about our great sponsor to end the show roper kia go in there tell mic'd up sent you they'll give you one thousand dollars off your nicer newer ride big country and i will be back at 10 a.m central time right here on the call-in app or wherever you get your podcast